Welcome to Just A Chat With, a video podcast series where we talk branding and creativity with the world's best in class. In this podcast, we hope to inspire creativity and bravery in you. This podcast is proudly brought to you in partnership with the One Club for Creativity and powered by Made Brave, a global strategic brand agency. We help brands find their brave. Hey guys, Andrew Doby here and welcome to this episode of Just a Chat With. Uh, in our previous episode, we sat down with Betty NFT, who's the co-founder and director of Dead Fellas, which is an NFT collection and community and metaverse web 3.0 brand. The Dead Fellas collection um, of 10,000 NFTs sold out within 20 minutes of launch on the 13th of September 2021 and has since traded over 46 million US dollars through that collection of NFTs. It's an amazing episode. Go check that out if you haven't already. For now, we've had Vayner Media's Chief Heart Officer, Claude Silver, multidisciplinary illustrator and director, Wacko Chaco, and brand expert, Marty Neumeyer along with Creative Officer Sid Lee, Philip Meunier. Um, in today's episode, though, we sit down with the wonderful Ash Jones, who is the founder of Great Influence, which is a personal brand agency. Ash talks to us all about how to build a personal brand, what a personal brand is, and what it means in today's digital world. Loads of amazing value in this episode. So, uh, yeah, enjoy, and we'll see you next time. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Just a Chat With. I'm your host, Andrew Dobby. Today, I'm very excited as we're here with none other than Ash Jones. Ash is the founder at personal branding agency, Great Influence. Ash helped to build some of the UK's biggest CEOs and founders into industry-leading influential figures on LinkedIn. His journey started with Steve Bartlett, CEO of Social Chain, where he was one of the founding employees in the team. Ash helped set the strategy for Stephen's personal brand, and Stephen is now widely considered to be one of the UK's most influential entrepreneurs, with his number one podcast, Diary of a CEO. Sunday Times best-selling book, Happy Sexy Millionaire, and has just recently announced as the youngest dragon on BBC's One's Dragon's Den. Since then, Ash has worked with a number of CEOs and founders, most notably CEO of Pretty Little Thing, Umar Kamenai, uh, founder of My Protein, Oliver Cookson, and founder of Huel Julian Hearn. Uh, also founder of Park Life and Warehouse Project, Sasha Lord. Ash, thanks so much for being here today. How are you? My pleasure. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You've had an exciting year. Tell us all about it. Yeah. Um, well, taking on people for the first time. For the first two years, a great influence. It was just me. Um, so actually building a team has been the big thing this year. Building a team, getting closer to the kind of people that we want to work with in terms of client base. Mm -hmm. um, and then starting to build what the great influence brand is. That's been yeah. the last twelve months, I'd say. Yeah. So you, you, you know, you obviously started out. I mentioned at the beginning there. You worked with Stephen Bartlett at, you know, a social chain, um, and you were one of the first five five employees in the team. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. One of the yeah, and, and yeah, and for those who don't know, obviously, if you've not checked out the social chain story, go and check that out. They've grown hugely to now over 750 people in the team, multiple locations around the globe. And I think uh, 2020 turned over about 230 million uh, euros in revenue. So it's a pretty impressive story. Um, Ash, would you mind let us know a little bit about those early days, you know, how you got involved and kind of what that looked and felt like? Uh, how I got involved was it actually social chain came as it was an idea born out of a marketing tactic for another startup. Mm -hmm. So S Steve had a startup before Social Chain called Warpark, which is I met him through a mutual friend. We started working on Warpark together. Don McGregor, who's the co-founder of Social Chain, came in at Warpark as well. Um, and it was just we were trying to figure out how do you market this startup, which was it was an online notice board for students. Yeah. So taking the physical notice board when you need like a five-a-side player or there's a night out, a social that you're going to do, taking that online. Mm -hmm. um, and we had no money to market the website. So we had to think outside of the box, like how do we market this website? 
And what became Social Chain was just an idea of how to market that website. And then we realized that there was more power in that marketing idea than there was in the actual startup that the idea was for. Mm-hmm. Um, so we pivoted away from from that and it beca- became Social Chain. And yeah, I think that's where all the, all the best ideas are born out of um, not being romantic and just trying to find what works. So... It was, well, students were, this was 2012, so social media was just probably in its first, like, real big rocket phase, like, yep. really taking off. Um, and the idea was that students were on social media. They weren't where, they weren't, like, offline as much anymore. We could reach them offline, but it cost us money, whereas reaching them online at the time... Um, we found a couple of Facebook pages that were like student communities on Facebook with a few thousand students in. And we managed to buy one of those for £50. And then we put Wallpark in it and it drove the most traffic that we'd ever had to wallpark.com. So we were like, right, okay, these these Facebook communities with certain niches of people in them is a very good way of driving traffic to X. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And it all, all kind of snowballed from there yeah and so how long do you stay at social chain how long were you there until may 2018 so it started around september october 2014 so yeah like four years ish yeah so you must have seen quite a lot of growth in that time and change and yeah the most interesting thing on that aspect of growth is we had one of the early investors in spotify and who's a guy called shack Um, and he's quite a prominent VC and investor in, uh, he's based in London and he gave us a talk about what it's like to go through the journey of building a company. And he'll say something that I'm, I repeat it multiple times a month. I feel like it's just one of those snippets of wisdom that you get from someone that you always refer, refer back to. And he said that every, um, every company goes through different phases in terms of the growth of people within the team. So zero to 10, 10 to 25, 25 to 50, 50 to 100, 100 to 250, so on and so forth. And he said, every single phase is an entirely different company. And there will be some people that can adapt to the new one, or there'll be people that can't transition into the new one and they're still stuck in the old version of the company. Um, you're nodding your head like, yes. I can, I can relate to that because I have it's seen multiple true. versions of my own business and I'm almost yeah. like starting a new version of it again at 60 people. And yeah, I can I can see and feel it, yeah. Yeah, so Social Chain was like that. It was like being a part of six, over the space of those three and a half, four years, I was part of six different businesses, essentially. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just like a great learning experience. And I find myself now a great influence, not just repeating what happened but trying to find the sweet spots in what went right and what went wrong in that experience of social chain and bringing it into great influence now i think that's you're you're very lucky actually in a sense that you've 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 gone through that with another business at at such speed as well because you you, you've seen so many versions of a business as you say you can now decide i'll not do that the same or i'm going to mimic that because i know how successful that part of it was and you almost you've almost got a little bit of an insight into what's coming haven't you yeah, a little bit. And it's interesting that I've talked with a few people who are on a, a, a social chain-esque journey now with their businesses. And you look and you can almost like see the things that they can't see yet because mm. you've been through the other side of it. So you, you're spotting something and you're like, ah, I can see what's about to develop here. And then six months later, it does happen. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. Like, right, okay. It's the good side of experience. So I'm liking this hugely fortunate position with great influence where it's my first time doing anything like this so i'm learning everything on the job but i have like some form of reference points yeah and, and so tell me in, in social chain just still at this part of your journey what what roles did you play how what, what was your, what was what was your day-to-day in there so the first 12 months i was marketing director um which in steve's book which is actually sat next to me <laughs> um I don't keep that there all that time. It's just in the co-working space that we're in. They have a bunch of copies on it, but I'll plug it. Um, In the book, he mentions how we started working together, and he said that it was a display of naivety at the time. He was a 
that I was the marketing director because it was my first job. Like I had no experience. I didn't deserve the title. I didn't even know how to be a marketing intern, never mind a marketing director. Um, But that was kind of like what social chain was like in those first 12 months. None of us had any right to be where we were, but we just had the self-belief to do it anyway. Um, And I did that for 12 months. And then at the end of those 12 months, we looked around the business at where all the revenue had come from and the 0% of it had come from marketing and 80% of it had come from Stephen Bartlett. So then we were like, You you got a little bit nervous at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, We we just thought, right, okay, marketing, as we were trying, it wasn't working. Uh, But this Stephen Bartlett thing really was. So why don't we just lean into that as our marketing, so to speak. Um, And we focused on that for the next three years. And in that time, obviously, Steve went on to build what he built. But it also, Social Chain's marketing team, then we were able to take more time with it and figure out what was the marketing function that Social Chain as an agency can bring to the industry that can add value rather than trying to figure out on the job or get it. We could take more time with it because the pressure wasn't on because all the market was being driven by Steve. So yeah, yeah it all worked out nicely in the end, but that was my role. First 12 months, marketing director of social chain, um, and then transitioned into helping Steve build his personal brand, which was a much greater fit for me because, um, yeah, I didn't quite click with the mission and work of social chain. Yeah. I, I didn't really like the, I wasn't into it. I wasn't passionate about helping brands build on social media, which is what social chain was all about. But then I found passion in helping Steve be like him build his thing and tell yeah, kind of the best version of themselves. And hmm. yeah. So, yeah. And it, it's, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Cause like, you know, personal brands per se, the way we see them now online, you know, it, it kind of way back in 2012 when you talked about the beginning of that journey, it wasn't a thing for a while. And then I, no, I noticed like so. a few photographers were appearing and they were kind of getting all the limelight on social media and they were, you know, they were, you know, producing obviously what we now know as sort of content marketing and personal brand. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, but you've, you along with Steve have been kind of instrumental in sort of positioning personal brand where it is today. I wonder just for the listeners who don't understand the concept or don't know what it means, you know, could you sort of give your interpretation of what personal branding is? Explain it. Explain it as if you're explaining it to your granny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's still in that educational phase as an approach where um, it's not a popularity contest. And mm-hmm. But the wide perception of personal branding right now is that it is a popularity contest. It's mm-hmm. about how can... How can I build a personal brand that gets more likes, more followers, more engagement, more reach, more this, more that? Um, Whereas I kind of look at it the other way and I figure, how can I build something that tells my story, my business story, um, and documents what we're about and who we are and who I am and what I'm about that helps me create more opportunity for myself whatever that opportunity looks like whatever i need it to look like whether that's i need to hire more people for great influence i need us to get more clients i need us to get more awareness i need to do this i need to do that um and if i do that well enough then the rest kind of becomes a byproduct like the popularity contest becomes a byproduct of figuring that piece out um and i think a lot of people get it the other way around where it's 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 about like the fame game um but it's kind of the polar opposite for me it's like i saw something the other day that said um if you spend your life copying people who are followed and admired you're never going to be someone who is followed and admired which is really true in the personal branding space in that what yeah. you're seeing, especially like take LinkedIn for example at the minute, what people are figuring out now is an, an approach to build engagement, reach, followers and likes on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. That's very different from building a personal brand, but people are getting the two can like cross-wired, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and they're copying the blueprint of what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah to try game the system um, and it's a surefire way of never becoming someone who's followed and admired past the moment of LinkedIn. So it's more about like really trying to understand how you can carve out a niche that only you can do. 
so I, I always take myself as an example. I've been trying to like aggressively build my own personal brand for maybe six to nine months now. And if you look at everything that I do, nobody else can do it. The majority, like 90% of it is something, it's a story that only I can tell. Exactly. I'm not tapping. I might not get the most likes. I might not get nothing I do will go viral, but nobody can copy the thing that I'm putting out there. If that makes sense. No, exactly. Exactly. And I kind of, I think, you know, over the last few years, people have, you know, kind of pushed me in the direction of, you know, you need to put more of yourself out. And I think, I think it's actually a really good process to go through because when you start thinking, okay, I'm not going to mimic anyone else. Like you say, I'm not trying to copy, you know, people taking pictures of their watch in front of their, you know, all all the kind of classic things that you see. I think you start to, it's quite a good process to start to figure out who you are, what authentically makes you happy and what you want to put out into the world and what it will attract back to you as well, isn't it? It's kind of, it's a nice process. And I I think you're right. It's like, I think sometimes people look and go, oh, how come I've not got a hundred million followers? You don't need a hundred million followers. You know, I've got a couple of thousand on Instagram only, but the amount of business opportunity that comes to me because I'm me and me on LinkedIn and me on Instagram, I don't need any more. I don't need any more of a following to get what, what I need from it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's been realistic as well. Like I know, I kind of know where my, it sounds a bit negative and I don't want to put it that way, but I know where my ceiling is. Like I know I'm not going to be a Stephen Bartlett in mm. terms of audience and follow it and all that kind of thing. Um, so I'm more, I'm like happy with where I'm at now. I'm not chasing yeah. more. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that if I was chasing more, that it'd send me on the wrong path. Like my yeah. f- fundamental reasons for doing it would be shifted to a place that doesn't sit right with me, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, and, and so what, what made you, you know, obviously you'd had that, you'd, you'd worked with Stephen at Social Chain. When you came out, did you know in your head, right, that's it, I'm going to create a personal branding agency. Or tell, talk me through that journey. No, I swore I was never going to do it again. (laughs) Um, So interestingly enough, Great Influence has been an experiment in me proving myself wrong on what I thought when I left Social Chain. And the reason why I say that is when I left Social Chain, I said, I'm not going to get into personal branding. Mm -hmm. And the reason was because I didn't think, I thought you had to be Stephen Bartlett. Mm. Mm-hmm. not him directly but yeah, no, I get kind it. of but he's like he's like um, a magical one-off isn't he so you know inspiring yes. and kind of yeah mm-hmm. yeah so I thought you had to be that to be able to build a personal brand and the past three years has been a journey of me proving myself wrong every day every mm-hmm. week that yeah like again I'll use the example of me like I'm doing it now and it's creating business opportunity and I can feel people supporting great influence more and and understanding the story more and and the awareness of the business is going up and the awareness of me is going up and things Mm -hmm. and i'm like the polar opposite from stephen Bartlett. so i'm like the greatest case study to myself that i was wrong three years ago Mm. um and every client that we've had that we've worked with for a long time that is the right fit for us has proved that wrong to me again. It's like they're all different in each ways. You don't yeah. have to be an extrovert. You don't have to have um, the best, the biggest business in the world. You don't have to have this. You don't have to have that. Um, but it is important that yeah, you you're just yourself and figure out how to make that great. Um, so yeah, when I left Social Chain, I was like no to personal branding. But then I just. I actually was really selfish in what I did. So I Mm -hmm. put a post out on LinkedIn and I got about 20 meetings off the back of that one post saying that I'd left social chain. I'm looking for what's next. And I went into these meetings with quite important people, to be fair, that I was lucky for them to give me their time. And I said to them, I was like, where would you find the most value out of someone like me knowing what you know about what I've done? And every single one of them, came back with personal branding (laughs) so they rather than me trying to figure out my path i kind of let other people say this is what i think you're valuable for and this is where i would if we were to work together leverage you and then i thought right okay maybe i just give it a go and i gave myself six months like i had four grand in the bank kind of similar to your story like you had a certain amount of money and it was like right let's just give this a go i had four grand in the bank and I was like, right, okay, I've got six months. 
let's yeah. see if we can figure this out. Um, and by the end of the year, by the end of those six months, I didn't know if I, I didn't know if it was viable yet, but it yeah. was the wheel, the wheel was at least turning, but I was still yeah. unsure. Um, but the wheel was turning and that was the important part. And then from there, you have that one moment where you figure that you can do personal branding for people other than Stephen Bartlett. And then you have another moment and another moment yeah. and, and it all snowballs from there. So, and there's kind of, there was no model really for you to follow. You had to create it, didn't you? Yeah, this, there's no personal, like there's a handful of personal mm -hmm. branding agencies now in mm -hmm. 2021 going into 2022. But in 2018, there actually was a mom when Great Influence started out that I knew of in the country. The only one that I know of that is still going now started about two months after I did. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do you build a personal brand? What What is a personal branding agency? What is still trying to like, the, I was literally saying today to the team, I have no idea where this business is going to be in 12 months. But mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the exciting thing is nice. that it's a market that is still defining itself and i think it's an, an arbitrage opportunity and an opportunity for us as a team is that we can define what a personal branding agency is and does yeah exactly so yeah yeah it's, no, it's, it's like a that. very very new thing and you know you i'll have some people listening to this who are thinking i'm not sure if a personal brand's for me or you know should i do that do you, do you think it's something for everyone do you think it's something we need to think about in today's world where digital currency and you know sort of digital equity everything it's like almost all most parts of ourselves are now online you know and i remember yeah. when the the pandemic happened and i thought we're not going to be at we're not going to be at physical events we're not going to see people anymore we're not going to bump into people by chance as much anymore and we got you into made brave to do a session to the whole team to inspire them about personal branding and i saw it as you know i thought it's quite important i think you know for people to get a, a handle on yeah. do, do you think it's for everyone do you think it needs to be or has to be um i'd say that the timing of you making that decision was v very wise and early because i'm getting a lot of people saying mm. oh i'd love to get you in and talk to the team now and you did it like mm. 14 months ago yeah. So that's like ahead of a curve thing. Um, I don't, it's a difficult question. I don't think the putting yourself out there with the aim of building a niche audience and producing content that tells a story and all that kind of thing is for everyone. Yeah. But I think that being strategical and smart about how you position yourself online mm. is for everyone. Like if you're going for a job these days, chances are they're going to look at your digital footprint. Yeah. So, and you not having one is also an indicator. Yeah. It's, exactly. It, like now if somebody applied for a job at great influence and I couldn't find them online, I'd maybe like, Oh, that's maybe they're a little weird or like, what? Well, it's not normal. Um, so even not having an online presence yeah. is almost like an indicator in itself. So, but that's a different thing from like building a personal brand and trying to grow a niche mm. audience and be known for something in this. Um, so I think that like being intentional about how you present yourself online and thinking of it as like an online CV is a yeah. clever, like that is for every single person. But the personal branding thing is not for every single person because I think that you have to, like anything, if you're going to do it, you have to commit to it. You have to give it your all. You have to be consistent. You have to be willing to go on that journey. And it's not an, it's, it's not an easy journey. It's an emotional one as well. You have to overcome a lot of personal development and um, insecurity barriers and all this kind of, there's a lot of emotional challenge with building the personal brand. So it's not for everyone. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't like people to think that their career depends on doing it mm -hmm. where they feel like, Oh, I should be and they get down on themselves or beat themselves up for not doing it. Um, but at the same time, you can't ignore the very clear different differentiator and opportunity that doing it presents in the, I've hired two people now that I've hired them off the strength of their personal brand. And obviously yeah. we're a personal branding agency, so it's different, but I yeah. still believe, especially if you're in creative industries as well, yeah. having being able to display that creativity to people online before they've mm -hmm. even said hello to you is like, 
it does half of the job. It gets you ahead in a sense mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So it's so, a bit so of a what, complex answer, but no, no, I get it. And you know, I, I very much appreciate and know a lot of the 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 advantages of it. But I'd love to know from your perspective what you what you think the advantages for people in doing this are. Like, what what comes to you? What what extra you do you get in life from doing this? I think the big one is just network and relationships. Mm-hmm. So without me actually meeting the vast majority of people that I'm connected with online, I've been able to build a relationship, build trust with them, build a familiarity, build an awareness. Mm-hmm. And I think that careers, um, not solely, but hugely based off um, your network providing you opportunities based on the strength of your relationship with that network. Yeah. So it's, it's literally almost like gaming and leveraging that whole piece. And I think if I'm to have a long, successful career, it's going to depend solely down to my network that's going to continue to create opportunities for me that provide me the platform to be successful. Whether I take advantage of that opportunity is another thing. But they're going to, my network's going to open the door for me. Yeah. So I think when I'm like 50, 60, 70, it's going to be those opportunities driven by other people. And if I can somehow work on strengthening that network and work on strengthening those relationships, yeah, it's, it's going to be the thing that kind of defines a career, so to speak. So when I think of why build a personal brand, it's, it's that. Yeah. And as an agency, you pretty much all in on LinkedIn in terms of what you offer your clients. What's the reason behind that? And is, you know, should, um, should people be looking at that or should they be thinking, how, how should people think about it? No, I think more and more that it's, um, the opportunity really is, is in becoming a creator. And you've actually seen LinkedIn push people towards this more and more now with like LinkedIn creator um, thing that just came out. And I don't think it's a platform thing. I think it's like this, you're being a creator right now across different mediums. And I think that's the, that's the important thing for people to think about. The thing that I worry about is like just having, um, having a personal brand that just sits in one place. Mm-hmm. Cause you're at the mercy of a, another platform coming Not along. Them or, yeah. Yeah, and you're also at the mercy of tricking yourself into thinking that you're like that's enough. Like I'm smashing it, that's enough because you're in the bubble yeah. of one platform, and it's very easy to get trapped in the bubble of one platform. And you see it with like creators on other platforms where they're just TikTok or they're just YouTube or they're just Instagram. And the best creators in the world are the ones that manage to go across everything you're actually seeing like steve steve bartlett's doing it now where it's like podcast book newsletter live show he's going to be on tv Mm. he's got his social media channels he's doing video he's doing this he's doing that he's figuring out like how to scale himself across different mediums and different platforms so that he can tap into a whole wide range of audiences um so yeah, I think that's the the long term is like figuring out that piece, but you that's a journey that you've got to go on and you've got to yeah. get to those points. Because um, you think you almost need a critical mass somewhere and then start to shift it and move no. it. No. No. No, I think um take advantage of platforms that offer better reach than others. Like if you were to have like a breakdown of where you put the most effort, it's mm-hmm. a number of factors as to where that um what that decision is like it's not just where can you get the most reach but almost like i don't know a scientific calculation of where's the most reach what gives the most depth to the audience that i'm trying to reach what is going to give us most awareness and just focusing on that but it's also not being too um i think we've had it with clients where they've tried to do too many things in um, in one go yeah. And I think it's best to figure out one piece, really nail that to the point where it's almost like it's like a business, right? Like be in it until you can be on it. And then you're <laughs> able to move on to the next piece and the next piece and the next piece. Um, whereas too many people go after 
like several, I'm going to go on TikTok, I'm going to do a podcast, I'm going to do LinkedIn, I'm going to do Instagram, we're going to be on YouTube, we're going to do a newsletter. It's all way too much in once and you never actually figure out one piece. And you actually just, need an army, you need an army behind you for all that as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's. I think there's a lot to it. But the important thing, like anything, is just to start somewhere. Start somewhere that feels the most comfortable, that gives you the most reward at that time. Yeah. Um, because again, you've got to go on like a confidence journey. If you're actually going to build a personal brand and aim for like ambition for it to be a big thing, what that doesn't mean audience size, but just your output is big. Yeah. Um, then you've just got to start somewhere and, and you've got to build the confidence to do the other things. It's like me, I've, toyed with doing a newsletter i've toyed with doing a podcast and i could have done them but i just don't think i'm mentally there yet it'll mm-hmm. come i can feel me getting more confident the further yeah. down the line of that, that i go with things but i'm glad that i've kind of held off and not jumped into the next piece and the next piece and the next yeah, piece yeah, yeah. so that when i get there i'm 100 percent ready and confident to do it and i know it's going to stick yeah and, and so you talk about the confidence piece and, you know, again, it's very daunting, I'm sure, for a lot of people when they think, well, but, but, yeah, okay, right, I'm in, I'm sold on the idea of personal branding, I see the advantages, what what the hell do I post? What what do I put out? And, you know, yeah. I know you're great at this and, and I know we've talked about it needs to be authentic and it needs to be, but people will be looking first of all and say, well, which, which, which part of my authentic self, what do I write? And what, yeah. so have you got some great tips for, people listening and how they can how they could sort of create those content themes what is it they're looking to post how frequently you know what, what kind of recommendations have you got Ash? i think the most simple thing that an effective thing that i've found is um figuring out in terms of like what do you actually talk about what are the two to four things that you could talk about forever mm-hmm. and the reason why i say that is because when i started out trying to do like create content i actually thought that talking about marketing was going to be part of that mm-hmm. and then i realized that i just i'm not that passionate about the overall subject of marketing as yep. one and then also secondly that it was too broad mm-hmm. it's like i'd sit there and think what what can i do about marketing today because it's such a broad <laughs> scope um yeah. and and my brain would just get like that's too much right, yeah. <laughs> yeah writer's block immediately it couldn't find a branch of an idea or something like that mm-hmm. to cling to to then turn into um a piece of content and the way that i cracked it for myself was like what could you talk about forever and i think it's good to focus in that's why i say like two to four things try not to go at too much at once yeah but for me the two things that i know i can talk about forever at this moment in time are personal branding and like the strategy behind it the thinking behind it the ideas all that kind of stuff it's not just something that i do as a job it like i'll be sat at home thinking every not not all the time i'm not a psycho but um every now and then i'll chew it over in my own head in my spare time yeah um so i can tell i'm passionate about something by that and then the other thing was me telling the story of great influence and my journey within it as somebody who didn't I, I didn't plan to do any of this i yeah. actually thought it was the opposite of what i was meant to be doing i don't identify as an entrepreneur or anything like that yeah. um so those those are the two things that i talk about and as long as i'm building great influence i'm going to be exposed to those two things on an immense basis every single day so i'm i'm never going to be sure if somebody asked me like what could you say about great influence today and there's a bunch of subtopics in my head that I can immediately go to, which is like building a team, client relationships, um, brand. Yeah, I'm stuck now. I've got three. <laughs> You've got three, three or four. <laughs> three or four will do. But within that, like, great influence, my story, my journey within it as somebody who wasn't meant to be yeah. doing it, there's a bunch of subtopics yeah. that you can then start to write down. Um, and that gives you the the basis when you're stuck for ideas. Like, right, okay, I have this little list here. Of like, right, I'll I can think of something that's happened this week yeah. around team and culture and people. I yeah. can think of three things right now that have happened this week at Great Influence that give me an insight or an opinion or just something to say on that. Um, so it's about finding the things that you're exposed to on a like heavy basis. 
yeah. that give you the inspiration. Because I think with personal branding, it's very much a game of like staying the course. And the yeah. thing that makes people not stay the course is running out of ideas. Mm. They just hit the wall with what to say anymore. Yeah. Um, so that that is like the the best hack that I've given myself for doing it. I'm never stuck for ideas of content to do now. If anything, I've got too many ideas now that I could tap into. Yeah. And it was just down to a niching in as well. Once you've figured out those two to four things, somebody might say, leadership, leadership is going to be my one of my two things because I'm a I'm a C suite, I'm a managing director, I'm a senior, I'm a manager, I'm a founder, I'm a CEO. Um, so I'm heavily exposed to leadership every single day and I think about it when I'm not doing it. But leadership is so is too broad. Too broad yeah. Like and there's thousands of people every single day that are trying to put out content around the theme of leadership. So it's like go a little deeper. Like what is the narrative or niche that you can own within leadership? And we work with um, Katie Leeson, who's the managing director at Social Chain, and we kind of did went on that journey with her. And now she's found like a pocket within leadership that she yeah, can own. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like figure out what you're exposed to heavily. And then once you've got that, try find your pocket within it that can help you carve out, like put your head above the rest, so to speak. Yeah, no, great advice, great advice. And I think you're, you're so right. Try and just narrow down those content themes and it all becomes much, much easier because you, you start to look for that content, you know, for, for inspiration, you start to see only those things on your feed almost, don't you? And kind of, yeah, it helps I think you as well, you actually, you look around, like the other thing is looking around at what you're doing day to day, week to week. Mm-hmm. I think this is easily the single most under, like thing that isn't tapped into from everyone mm-hmm. who's building a personal brand is like looking around at what's happening with your week and figuring out how you can get a bit creative with it and turn it into a piece of content. So um, yes, on Monday we launched, we had our like rebrand new logo. um, And rather than like typically, or the option that I had was post the JPEG of the logo. And I just thought it's it's a bit, it's a bit, it's okay. But so I got it printed on a piece of like, on a piece of a poster and then I got a photo of me holding it, which is just a bit more human. Like I'm in it, mm. you can see it. It's a bit more yeah. exciting. Um, and then the next day we did, we've got these hoodies. We did a giveaway. Mm-hmm. Um, again, another opportunity for me to show the logo. Yeah, exactly. And then that giveaway did well. And today like that giveaway posted 300 comments and I took a screenshot of the 300 comments with the logo <laughs> like that, still yeah. in it above it mm-hmm. and posted that today. Yeah. So again, it was just like out of this one moment of us having the opportunity to post our new logo, I've like followed the yeah. thread of how I, how I can draw it out. Um, it's, and, just, it's like finding as many layers as possible, isn't it, to every moment? Yeah. Yeah, looking around the business, and I think a lot of people don't think about the opportunities that they have to capture something and tell a story of something. There's so many things in with great influence we sit down at the start of the week and go what is happening this week that we could potentially turn into a piece of content and we look at the meetings that we've got we look at the client work that we're doing the things that our clients are doing is there anything they're doing that's cool that we could talk about um is there any photo opportunities throughout the week that we could possibly get is there a part of the story that we can focus on this week and find the threads within it. And I think that's like the big, big thing. A lot of people are doing the building a voice thing, like thought leadership. Um, That's what you're seeing and viral content. You're seeing a lot of that on in personal branding right now, but a lot of people are missing the storytelling piece. Yeah. Like continually figuring out how you can tell that story because it's way more valuable. Like this week I'll have had, about six to 700 likes just on our logo. Yeah. And if I'd have done like one, that those six, 700 likes in terms of the brand equity of those likes and what it means is worth a hundred times more than if I'd have posted a viral video of something to do with personal branding that wasn't great influence. It was just a viral thing yeah. about personal brand. And that got 50,000 likes. The, yeah. The audience is smaller, but the impact for great influence and the story of great influence is 
so so much more valuable and people aren't telling their story enough and figuring out how to creatively tell that story. I'm preaching to the choir here. You're like one of the greatest storytellers of an agency that I've ever seen. So you completely get get that piece of it. Yeah, no, we, we, you know, yeah, it's something we honed in very early on is just that, you know, people don't want to be sold to, they want to buy from. And, yeah. you know, like, I think, I can't remember who said it, but I heard a quote sometimes, that, you know, stop trying to be the adverts and start being the, the soap opera. Start being the part that people follow along. And, you know, because people ignore the adverts in the middle. Um, and you've got to start yeah. to do that and build everything with your, build around everything that's happening. And there's a great example of it. It's taking one little thing and seeing how many layers you can you can build from it. And we're always saying that to our clients as well. It's like, can you make a behind the scenes of this? Can you make a, how you did it? You know, is there, is there just so many different ways that you can, you know, squeeze as much out of each little part of your, your journey as you can. Yeah, it sounds uh, obvious, but so many people that like you've, you've, see, you've done it, you see the impact, you're like, how, how can any other business not focus on doing this? But then 99% of them won't. Yeah, exactly, and that's where the opportunity lies, isn't it? So, yeah. long way it last. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, well, I, I suppose Ash, you've also been, you know, as well as helping people find their brand, you know, you've been, you've, you've now grown your own business, so you're now on that journey, and you've is it five, six people now. Yeah, six of us as of have just hired somebody else uh, who's joined in January, so that'll be number six. Congratulations. Excellent. And and how are you finding the journey of growing a business, shaping a team and kind of, you know, starting to, yeah, just some of the, you know, some of the challenges and opportunities that come from that. But how are you finding it? I think it's fascinating. The more I do it and the more I go into it um, from both like a understanding how to build it, but also my own emotional journey within it. Um, where I didn't like, like I say, I didn't envisage myself in this position. It's been a period of adjustment, but I think I'm interestingly enough today, I was in the car for the first time and I was like, I feel like I'm getting it now. Mm. And that was one of those moments where you think, ah, I've just had a big self-development thing there that has happened subconsciously without me even knowing it. Um, But it's really interesting. And I'm trying to do the opposite of, everything that's happening at the minute which especially with young people at the minute young people that are running businesses are just like speed growth size Mm. more 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 um and the success of your business is dependent on how many people are working there or how big the office Mm. is or how how big the turnover is and all this kind of thing um and i've tried to do the opposite and just go slow and i think it's because i don't I didn't feel ready for it. Again, it's that thing of like starting a podcast or something else. I want to feel like when I get there, I'm ready. I've been ready for it and it's the right time and I'm not rushing into something too soon that will throw me off. Yeah. Um, So I've just took it really slow and I think it's been in hindsight, given the space that we're in, which is like an uh, personal branding is figuring itself out and no business that's doing it is like they're all figuring out what even is this thing that we're trying to do and sell yeah. um, is a, is a good, I think it's been a good thing to just take it slow. And it's meant that me as a leader, I've been able to like intimately understand how to not that I've figured it out or even anywhere near, but because I've taken it slow and kept the team small, mm-hmm. every every moment that you need to develop into somebody who's managing people and building teams, I've had a very intimate understanding of it because mm-hmm. I think when you get, you'll know this, I think when you get to like 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, a hundred people, you can lose the understanding of the individual. And mm-hmm. it's, I feel like I'll, that's fine. I'll get there one day. But whilst I'm in this really crucial learning phase for myself as somebody who's leading it, yeah, it's better. It's better to keep it small so that I can understand closely what what people want, what makes them tick. I'm still yeah. figuring out all these things now. Yeah, um, I've never. I know this is going to sound the polar opposite, but I've been. I've never. Well, I've never cared about anyone else. 
but I'm very much somebody who lives in my own head. Don't say that out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) What I mean by that is that I live in my own head. I've got this world inside my own head and I'm the main character of it. And that's, (laughs) that's been life for 32 years. Yeah. So to then shift that and be like, ah, you're not the main character of your world anymore. Mm. There's other people and other that you need to figure out how they, they tick. And I've spent the last 32 years just trying to understand how I tick. And <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. figure it out. The then you've got all these other there. souls you're looking after and you're responsible for. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's been a really, really fascinating mm. thing to go on and a very much like a out of my comfort zone, but that's where you get all the best light development. Um, I'm just really, really glad that I've taken it slow and done everything very lean because it's afforded the, um, it's afforded the room to grow into more, more importantly. I don't, I don't think we have to get to Mars tomorrow. No, I think it's nice as well. And I think it's nice to finally see people, you know, saying that as well. I think there's this over the last few years, there's this been feeling that you've got to be saying we're going for growth and scale and size and, you know, and I think yeah. it's much nicer actually to hear the honesty of what you're saying in terms of try to balance happiness, healthiness, you know, well-being, and all of these things. And you know, I look at the world sometimes. We are, we seem to be on this kind of. We need everything needs to grow and scale. It's like it doesn't yeah. necessarily. You know, we can try and find happiness in amongst it as well. So, um, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think it's it's about finding purpose, and it's like the conversation that we literally had today internally was like don't know where this is we don't know where the model is going mm-hmm. but what we do know is where our north star is as mm. like whatever the business model turns into we know it will be focused on x and yeah. x and x mm. and i think that's the thing that people sign up for is like as long as it's a mission that i can buy into and get behind that gives me purpose and gives me energy and understands who i am um then where it goes, it's, it's not relevant, but the model will take care of itself. It's, in, it's not about the model. The model will figure itself out and will change and adapt over the course of time. It's more important to have, like the, like I said, those north stars of what you're trying to build that um, the model works to regardless of what that model looks like. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's your role as a leader as it gets bigger as well, is just to keep those things in balance, you know, whatever those are. I've kind of got three in Made Brave that we try and balance all the time, and it's my job to keep them balanced. And, yeah, I think it's important that you're developing that as early as possible. And, yeah, it's, it's nice yeah. to hear, Ash. So, well, I suppose we've, you know, two last questions then. Um is that we've got quite a lot of young creatives that listen to the, the show, and, you know, maybe they might have been inspired i'm sure they've definitely been inspired by your 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 story here today um what what if they were trying to get into the world of what you do now you know is there any tips that you could give them that looking back to the last few years that you wish you'd known earlier or any pitfalls that they could avoid um i think with creatives specifically it's uh it's so important to just put your creativity out there and i think two things like figure out your world which is a creative thing i was saying this um in reference to podcasting the other day i think an issue that podcasting has is that too many times a podcast will be go to the world of the guest rather than the guest coming into the world of what a podcast is about mm-hmm. and really as a creative like figure out what is your world that you're trying to give to people yeah. and then the second part is making sure that you're putting that world out there, which is the most difficult thing, which I guess comes down to the personal branding piece. I say that because a friend of mine, um, he's a creative in his spare time, like literally works like a nine to five at a security company. He comes home and draws on his iPad for hours. Um, And he just had no confidence to Mm. put anything out there. Um, And he got into like the NFT space and he's not like so social media savvy either. He doesn't yeah. like understand the platforms or anything like that. But just from finding the confidence to put himself out there for the first time, he was he messaged me and he was like, "Oh, my Twitter followers have gone from twenty five to sixty five this week." And I was like, 
you've 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 cracked it that's it like but he wouldn't have been able to do that if he didn't find the confidence to like and it's the thing that creatives almost have to get comfortable with is and it's really daunting especially for the more introverted creatives like i'm an introverted creative the idea of putting your ideas and and world out to the world is a very daunting thing but um in other industries you can get away with it when you're a creative you can't it's, it's what you live and die by so you have to get comfortable with it so i'd say that's the best piece of advice is learn how to get comfortable with putting yourself out there and that only comes it's that like public speaking you can't practice public speaking no, you just you can only, do it, haven't you you gotta go do yeah, it you can only, exactly yeah. um and have so you done much of that apart from apart from the podcasting ash have you done much public speaking beyond beyond podcasts obviously the world has been locked down for yeah. the last couple of years but is that something you think is important in the personal brand world or yeah definitely um and i don't think like public speaking isn't the thing that's important obviously it helps like being able to have people locked into you telling your story is a very uh, big opportunity but i think the thing that's important from it is that it sharpens the sword of being able to calmly in any situation articulate and deliver your ideas thoughts and opinions to the world yep. which is a, an invaluable skill in any walk of life mm. so i think that's the thing that doing yep. like public speaking webinars podcasts all that thing is is has really taught me so yeah yeah and uh, you know i totally agree i think when i when i started my journey i did thousands of talks literally but all i was telling was what I was doing and how I was building my business and what it helped me do was shape the narrative understand who mm. I was and what I wanted to talk about and you know you, you you just got better every single time so for anyone again listening who's scared to do it just try and go do it go and find an opportunity I was a stuttering mess the first time I spoke anywhere but it it does get easier doesn't it Ash? Yeah, I think that building a personal brand is probably one of the great self-development tools it's like the underappreciated thing within it. People think it's just a, you know, you get, you build an audience, it creates business opportunity, but there's actually a whole side of it where as a byproduct of the things that you have to do to build a personal brand, it actually works really well as a really great self-development tool. Totally, totally. So lastly then, Ash, what, what's next for Great Influence? What what we what we're going to see next? Uh in the next 12 months who knows no idea i don't um we're launching our website we're get, we're focusing a bit more on the telling our story more um I'm, we're starting a vlog which is going to be out next week and yeah continuing to so that vlog will already be out by the time this is live so yeah it's called great times um times. yeah so that's where can people find that them. where will they be able to find that It'll be on YouTube, so YouTube. great influence on YouTube, yeah. Excellent. Well, that feels like a natural place to end. So thanks so much, Ash, and thanks to everyone for listening. Hey, everyone, Andrew here, and thanks so much for listening. As we said at the start, we hope to inspire creativity and bravery in you. So if this podcast has helped you in any way or if it's inspired you to do something brave, we want to hear about it. Drop us an email at hello at justachatwith.com and who knows, maybe we'll feature you on a future episode. If you want to support the podcast, please rate, subscribe and write us a review and help us get the word out. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.